We'll be continuing in Matthew chapter 6, working through the Sermon on the Mount. We've been working the last several weeks through the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer that Jesus is showing and teaching uh, to those here in attendance on this day, but also that is applicable to us. And we're going to see the dynamic of the prayer shift just a little bit tonight. If you see and we kind of reflect just a moment of how the model prayer has been set up so far, you will see it has been weighted on God. It has been all His glory. It has been uh, to understand the privilege it is to call Him Father, the adoption of sons, how miraculous that is. And we're praying to God, but also the one we call Abba Father, to know who we're speaking to. And the privilege is how this prayer begins. And then it shifts to His name being holy, not in just our lips and our words, but also in our lives. Because if we really reverence God's name as holy, then it'll show up in our actions because we don't want for one second of our lives that our actions bring shame upon His name. So it's His name, it's His glory to which it's due. And then we're still, our sights are set towards the heavenlies, our our focus is on Him. Not only do we reverence Him as Father, we pray and declare that His name would be holy in our lives. We petition these things. But then we say, Your kingdom, God. It's Your kingdom first. It's, it's not about me. It's, it's the things are of You and Your kingship. And let that be my heart's focus. And then we talked about last week when we met, Your will be done. The two wills of God we described and discussed was the decreative will, the, the hidden will, which we don't know what that is, but we're still to uh, surrender to that will and in an act of worship and obedience when we don't know what tomorrow holds and we don't know what His plans are specifically in every situation of our life or how the prayer will be answered. We are to lean into the goodness in God, of God and we are to surrender and say, Your will be done. The, the hidden will that you have, we don't know it, but we surrender into it. But we also had mentioned that that question gets asked a lot. What is God's will for my life? And we, we apply that to every aspect. And we may not know that. You may not know every decision, what the future holds when it comes to the decretive will of God. But there is a will of God that we know. If you remember last week, we talked about the perceptive will of God, which is laid out in His laws and His commands. And here's the will of God for every believer. Your sanctification to be obedient to His Word. That is non-negotiable. That is His will. That is what He has laid out for us in His decreative will. And we chat, were challenged last week for that to be uh, equally as important to us, that His will would be done not only in the things that we don't know, but in what we do know in His written Word and sanctification. So you can see that our eyes have been turned towards the heavenlies. It's been your name, your kingdom. You see, we're taking a back seat as we, we declare the praise of God, the worship of God. But tonight it shifts just for a moment. And now we come all the way down into verse 11. And now we have a petition to God for something that involves us. And we're going to see what this says. You, you know this. You probably could say it without even reading it. But let's read this verse. It says, give us this day our daily bread. Have you heard that? You know that. 
But let's see what depths and the truths are found in that simple, short verse. But before we do, let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight and we ask for help. Lord, to present your truth. Lord, that you would lead us into every word. And Lord, that your truth would come alive in our souls. Lord, that you would let us have understanding. Maybe that we've never had before. Lord, that we would see the beauty in your word. And it would bring us to a greater sense of awe than it ever has. But Lord, we pray that through this, you would open our souls to, to what you want in prayer, what it looks like to you, what's important to you, and let it be important to us, God, as you give us this model. We pray that it would bring us into conformity with you and draw us closer to you, and Lord, that you would teach us how to pray. So Lord, help us. We ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. You know, so many of us, when we come to prayer, we come to prayer and we're so excited because we've got a wish list of things that we would like to wish and ask God for. It seems to be a lot of times the focus to which we come to prayer. It's our requesting for ourselves or it's a requesting for maybe selfish things or it's, hey, this is what I need. So go ahead and let's get this all out. But you can see where the priority that Jesus shows us that prayer should be. It's to him first, to his praise, to his glory, to his name being holy, to his glory being given, to his kingdom coming. It's him. And now as we've worked through those, now he shows us, we begin to ask for things. And you'll find that these aren't extravagant things. These aren't um, these just life-changing things on, on sometimes the level we think. These aren't these selfish things so we can just have the greatest things in life. But look what he says. He says, when you pray, pray like this. And he goes down, he says, give us this day our daily bread. And now the, the shifting of this prayer is a petition to God to mercifully provide for us the things that we need. You know there's a difference between need and want. And now he's going to tell us to, to ask for this common thing, bread. And we'll get into what that means and what there's application of that in a little bit. But this is a, a petition, a, a merciful request to our sovereign God to give us our daily bread. And this is a gift from God, right? There's nothing that we have ever done that we come to God and say, you owe us this. You owe us even what we consider the basic things of life. The ending of Romans, Romans chapter 11, verses 35 through 36, it tells us that we've done nothing. We've brought nothing to him that he would ever repay us or that he would give us anything. So everything that we get from our sovereign God is a act of mercy and grace. It is more than what we deserve. The only thing that we deserve is justice. And without his mercy, that's exactly whatever person will get. But this is a gift for God. This is our humble request that God give us our daily bread. James will tell us in chapter 1 verse 17 that every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Every good gift is from God. 
And here in this prayer, we're mercifully petitioning that God would give us our daily bread. But before we move on to that, I just thought it would be very important to, for us just to stop for a moment and think about everything that we don't deserve and then think about what God has given us as a gift. There's a few of them on your sheet here. We don't have enough paper <laughs> or to, to really go through all that he has given us by mercy and grace. But let's just go through a few. He has given us a gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 10 calls the Holy Spirit a gift. It is sent from the Father to his elect to bring their soul from spiritual death to life, to bring them to regeneration, and then to seal them, and then to walk with them, be the paraclete, a paraclete, all through their life. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Do you deserve the Holy Spirit indwelling in you and sealing you and walking with you? You don't. It's a merciful gift of God that he gave you the Holy Spirit in salvation and regeneration. The other gift that we want to look at is justification. Romans chapter 3, verse 24 says that, that justification is a gift. Nothing we've earned, nothing we deserve, but it is a gift. This is a gift from a merciful God because we are owed nothing from Him. Righteousness, Romans 5, 17 says that righteousness is a gift. And that's exactly right because as Christians, we have the imputed righteousness of Christ given to us. It's a gift. Sometimes we don't think about these things as gifts. The Holy Spirit, justification, righteousness, eternal life. Eternal life is a gift. It's a merciful gift from a merciful God that He would give us eternal life. Not because we've merited it. Remember, none of these we've earned or merited. These are gifts of God. He's given us spiritual gifts within the church that we are all have special uh, gifts and talents to, to be used for God. He distributes them as he sees fit and not everyone is the same. Those are gifts from God. Grace, salvation, all those are gifts from God as well. And the list can go on. Forgiveness is a gift. Adoption of sons is a gift. All those are gifts from God that we don't deserve. Those are spiritual gifts and every good Perfect gift comes from God. Let us never forget that as we look at this specific verse, give us this day our daily bread. Let's look at the first part or the second part of this. Give us is, is a humble petition that God would grant us something. Not with arrogance do we come before his throne, but with humility and a heart of total dependence upon him. I want you to look at very important word here, or two words. Give us this day. And then he's going to go on and say, our daily bread. You're not going to say, it doesn't say our weekly bread. It's not going to say our monthly bread. It's going to say our daily bread. But he says this day. And why is that important? You know, there's some debate on you know, the best time to pray, right? Some people may be early morning prayers. Some of them may be in the evening. There's multiple verses in the Bible that says, seek him early in the morning. Early in the morning, I will call upon him. I forget who it was. There was a theologian. I, I knew it at one time. It slipped in my mind. But he says, those who run from God in the morning scarcely find him throughout the day. It's a great way to start the day as we seek God. And you, you would see that this prayer would seem to suggest that in the morning. Give us this day. If you were praying that in the evening, you would be saying that maybe for the next day. But here is as we arise and we awaken, we say, give us this day. 
And what that trains us to do and what that makes us reflect upon is our absolutely total daily dependence on God. It's an everyday dependence that we have upon him. That we are to come before him knowing that. It's a surrender to him and say, God, there's nothing that I can do of myself. I can't even take the next breath without you. I, I have nothing without you. So I come before you today and I'm asking you that you give me this day my daily bread. It's an attitude. It's a reflection of our reliance and daily dependence on him. And when we do that, it begins to reduce and eliminate pride. When we come before him every day and say, God, this day, now I'm not looking for three days from now. I'm asking you that in this day that you've blessed me with, you've gotten me out of bed, please, for this day, give me my daily bread. We find examples of this daily dependence on God, even in the Old Testament. If you remember in Exodus 16, this is when God gives the bread from heaven. You should remember this. This has been all through John 6. He says that the Father gave the bread from heaven, the manna from above in the wilderness. And in Exodus 16, we see how the, 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 the setup for it. And what does he tell them to do? He says, you're to go gather it every morning. I will supply what you need for that day and you go gather it. And this happened every day except for on the sixth day. On the sixth day, God gave them double. He told them to, to get double portion on the sixth day because they were not to work and gather on the seventh day, on the Sabbath. So on the sixth day, they would gather everything that they would need for the Sabbath. And God would supply every day. Think about that. They, were, they woke up every day dependent on manna, dependent on that bread, on the bread from heaven, dependent on that for their sustenance to sustain them. Every day they had to get up and they had to go gather it. It wasn't stockpiled up, but it was every day. An attitude of, God, without this, I can't make it. Without you supplying for this day, I don't have a shot. I can't do it. And they would wake up every day and get the manna. Every day, get the manna. You see what he's trying to say here? You need me every day. Don't get arrogant. Don't get complacent. Don't think that just because you've had something today, you're going to have it tomorrow. Our cupboards are full, possibly. We have food to eat today, but what if we don't tomorrow? We get so complacent. We get so arrogant sometimes as Christians and as human beings. And what God is telling us is to come before him humbly and daily and petition that he gives us our daily needs because he doesn't owe us anything. We find that in James as well, where he tells us, don't, don't say you're going to do this tomorrow because you don't know. If it's God's will, you will. And if it won't, it's not, you won't. You may have food to eat today. You may not tomorrow. And et cetera, et cetera. And different examples there. Now, that doesn't mean we can't plan. God tells us to be good stewards. He tells us to plan. But we're not to be arrogant in our attitudes, but we are to be humbled daily before the throne of God. That's why he says, give us this day. Give us this day our daily 
bread. This speaks again to our daily need. And he uses bread here because bread is a basic foundation of food. It's, it's to keep our bodies going. And what encompasses in this bread is our daily needs. Not only food, but water, shelter, clothing. Give us, God, what we need in this life. The, the basic things. You'll see, we're not asking for a million dollars. We're not asking for all the glitz and the glam. We're not asking to live a life of luxury. But we come before this holy God every morning and we say, God, you owe me nothing. But my petition to you today, you're my father. Lord, let your name be holy in my mouth and in my life. God, let your kingdom come first. Let me go to the background of where I belong. And your kingdom first. And your will be done. All those things. And God, after all that, can I petition that you give me what I need for this day? That way I can serve you. Give me what I need to live a life for you today. To honor you in all I do. With a humbly prayer, pray that God provides He's a provider, that he gives us provisions to which we are to live our lives for him. And this doesn't mean that we get a free pass. This doesn't mean that we just sit there and say, well, I don't have to do anything for it. God, just give it to me. There's a synergism here. There's a cooperation. You find verses in the Bible that tells us that you are to work. You are to not be lazy. God uses those means to bring about the ends God can give us a job that he allows us then to have that food. Those are all means to come about an end. God uses those things. He provides in those ways. It's not a set back and just say, God, provide it. But whatever it takes, and God has ordained work and, and effort and he despises laziness. Just wanted to throw that in there. But that he would give us our basic needs, food, water, shelter, etc. And we have such an awesome God that he shows us that he does this. He provides for nature. And one of the, a good example of this we find in Job 38, verses 39 through 41. Look what he says. He says, can you hunt the prey for the lion or satisfy the appetite of the young lions? Talking to, to Job here. When they crouch in their dens and lay wait in their lair, who prepares for the raven its nourishment when its young cry to God and wander about without food? Who do you think supplies the lion with food? Who do you think supplies the raven and their young with food? It's the sovereign God of the universe that he supplies. He's a provider. He takes care of his creation. I think that's just a beautiful example. That he feeds the lions and the animals because he's a provider. He supplies for them. And we see that that should be our prayer of a daily dependence. And I believe we can pray and we should pray for others to have daily bread, to have food and water and shelter. There's a lot of people who don't have that to the degree. There's a lot of people that have filthy water or that maybe go hungry. 
There are people that are in hard straits for whatever reason. It's God's purpose and His desire, His decrees, whatever that may be. That's the hidden one. We don't know, but it does not hurt us. It's actually a heart that God shows us that as a Christian we should have, that we're to pray for others, that God would supply for those who are less fortunate and, and are hurting and are needing help, that God would have mercy upon them as well. And as Christians, we also can be those means to which others have their daily bread and their, me- their needs met. As we are to give and we're to help and we're to do, and God instructs us to do those things throughout His Word. I mean, honestly, stop and think about it. When is the last time that you and I woke up in the morning and said, God, I ask you today, I ask you that you give me just something to eat today, that you provide my daily bread, that you give me something to drink, that you you would continue to give me a roof over my head, that you would continue to let me have these basic things in life that I can then use to honor and serve you. I don't think we pray that a lot because we're so assuming that it's going to be there, thinking that he owes us. It's a daily dependency on God. Why do you have what you have? God. It's a, it's a humble prayer. God, give me this day what I need. Give me my basic needs so that I could honor you. That's the first really thing he shows us to when we ask for ourselves what it is. How does that compare to our wish lists that we come to the king with? It probably looks a lot different. But if we don't have a daily recognition and a daily understanding that we are dependent on him, then we'll never understand and be thankful for what he's given us. We'll never have the true act of humility and the spirit of humility that he desires. These are the basic things, the physical things that we're to pray for humbly. But I think it also can be applicable for the spiritual things. Every day we, we wake up and we really don't know what's going to happen throughout the day. Is that correct? We don't know. But what if we started praying daily that God would provide for us what we need for that day, not only physical, not only in the the basic needs of life, but also spiritual. What if we got up and said, God, I pray that you would give me the boldness that I need today. You know who I'm going to run into. You know what I'm going to face today. And I pray that you give me the boldness that's needed for this day. Because I can't do that on my own. I'm weak. I'm a coward on my own. God, I need you. Give it to me, I pray. Humbly, I ask you. God, I pray that you would give me wisdom for this day. Every every person that I run into, every decision that I have to make, God, I pray that today, in this day, you give me the wisdom that I need because I don't have wisdom without you. And he says, if you ask him and James, he says, he'll give it to you liberally. He'll freely give it you wisdom. When's the last time you asked for wisdom to start the day off? God, give me the wisdom I need for this day. Give me the boldness I need for this day. Give me the grace that I need for this day. 
God, give me the patience that I need for this day. You know, you know what's going to happen. And you know that I need patience and I have no patience without you, God. I pray that this day you give me patience that I need. You give me kindness that I need, mercy to show to others. God, I pray that you give me the forgiveness that I need for this day. You see, if we stop looking so far down into next week and we start to focus on the day that is at hand, it really starts to change how we act. It really starts to focus our prayers. It focuses our dependency on Him. It focuses our heart upon Him for this day. And it begins to change us. So often these are the things we don't pray for. But these are the things that God desires us to pray for. Do we understand our dependency? This is what he's saying. All these gifts come from God. We're all dependent upon him. We need to come before him every day and humbly ask that God would provide for us physically as needed. Even just the basic things of life. And that he would give us all the spiritual things that we need. Every day we live. You see, God is a God of provision. He truly is. And he wants us to come before his throne and humbly ask for these things. You really see what's in priority number one here, isn't it? In this prayer, it's God. Even when it's asking for us, it's reflecting a dependency on him. It's showing a humility to him. And then when he provides for those things, our hearts will rejoice and know that it's a gift of mercy. We're not entitled to it. You know, that's the, the way we have to look at it. I think we've grown so much in our spiritual understanding of, that God owes us nothing. He owes us nothing in salvation. He doesn't owe us forgiveness. He doesn't owe us anything. But sometimes we lose sight of that in our physical life. He doesn't owe us anything. But when we come to him and pray and humbly ask for these things, God is a merciful God. He wants us to show dependency on him. That's why it says, give us this day our daily bread. I challenge you to do that. More importantly, the word challenges you to do that. Try to wake up tomorrow and not worry about Friday. And just wake up and set your heart and your mind on this day. Everywhere you go, everything you do, every person you run in contact with, let it be your prayer, God, give me everything I need for this day. For you, for your glory, for your kingdom to come. What a prayer that would be. When we start to pray that, it'll change us, I promise you. But let's go back to this idea of God being a provider. God who is a God of provision. And where do we find this at? Where can we go back to the Old Testament and find God being a provider? Well, we were there on Sunday night. We were in Genesis chapter 22 when we were talking about the types and the shadows and Abraham and Isaac. And we find this verse in Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22, this is 
Abraham and Isaac on Mount Moriah. Let's read it starting in, let's start in verse 7. Yeah, let's start in verse 6. You know what, while we're here, you're at the almost the end of your sheet, it's all right. Verse 5. Now, you know this is pointing to Christ, right? You know this, so I won't explain all that, just you know it. But listen to the types and shadows and listen to how this little section ends. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the lad will go over there and we will worship and return to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took it in his right hand, the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? That's, that's just great. I, you know it. You know what that's pointing to. That's. It gets me every time. Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb. For the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. Look at verse 14. Abraham called the name of that place. The Lord will provide. You may know that as Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. Oh, and was it ever provided? Is God a God of provision? Oh, we have, we have crystal clear proof that He is on this mountain. God will provide the lamb, will provide the sacrifice. It is on this place that God will provide. And throughout the whole gambit of Scripture, we see this motif in all these verses pointing to God being a God that provides. That's what he says. Now we come back to this prayer. God, give us this day our daily bread. God, provide for us our needs so that we can then serve you. God, provide. God, humbly, we petition this. God is a God that provides. And we are to petition God mercifully, daily, for our daily needs. 
showing our dependence upon Him for everything. Give us this day our daily bread should be on our lips every morning in reverence, worship, and dependency to God. You believe God's a provider of your daily needs? I do. Well, he's been better to us than we deserve, hasn't he? We go to the cupboards. I don't know why I keep saying cupboards, but I think that's what they're still called. Go to the cupboards. You know what? You've been here with me. Humor me. You open it up, and you look in, and you say, hey, ain't got nothing to eat. You ever said that? I've said it. We have to sift through the 10 bags of chips and, and all these other options, and then you go through our refrigerator. You can't see to the back of it because it's stacked with stuff. And we don't have anything to eat. God has been absolutely phenomenal to us. It's cold outside. You got warm clothes on, don't you? You have a place to go home to. You don't deserve any of it, neither do I. He's been good to you and he's been good to me. When's the last time we come to him and just said, God, I humbly ask you that today you give me my daily bread. I'm a beggar looking for bread. Please provide for me today so I can honor you. I can do what you've called me to do. God, I need these things. Please, this day, nothing more. Don't, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be over the top. God, just in this day, give me what I need from you. I pray humbly. Give me bread and water and guide me. Give me spiritual guidance and the things that I need for this day because this day is what's in front of me. and I don't know what's coming, so I'm dependent on you. We don't do that. But so often we grumble and we complain and think we're owed everything. This is where God says to start asking for our daily bread. And when we get this, our lives will change. Our prayer life will change. Our lives will change. It brings us to total dependence on Him. God has been good, hasn't He? He's a providing God. But above all that He's ever provided, we go back to the promise in Genesis 22. Because He says, on this mountain, the Lord will provide. Above physical food, above water, above shelter, above it all. He's provided something that surpasses it all. He provided his son. That's what Genesis 22 is talking about. Above all, he provided his son. And you know from John 6 who the son is. He's the what? true bread of life that has come down from heaven.
And we don't need him. We need him not just daily. We don't need just the true bread of life daily. We do need him daily, but we need him every minute and every second and with every breath that we have. That's the true bread. That surpasses it all. The God who provides, who promised it in Genesis 22, has provided the most amazing thing, not physical bread, but the true bread of life, His Son. And as we pray that He gives us our daily bread, let us just stop for a moment and think above all that, all whom the Father has given the true bread of life to. They have got the greatest thing ever. And if you have the true bread of life, as God the Father's provided to who He has chosen before the world was, if you have that bread of life, you won't go hungry. You won't go hungry in this day, and you won't go hungry throughout all eternity. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us our needs, God. As humble and as basic as they may be, we petition you this day. Give us the spiritual things we need for this day. Because Friday may not come when we wake up. We may not see tomorrow. And let our prayer be that the greatest bread he's ever provided for us is his son. And as that song we sung before our service started, let that be the prayer of our heart that we feast on that bread every day and all through eternity. Can we pray that prayer? God, give us this day our daily bread. And let us say thank you for what you've given us. And above it all, thank you for the eternal Son of God that you sent and provided for us the greatest bread of all, the true bread of life. Give us this day our daily bread. Let's pray. Father, I pray that the words we've heard out of your sacred scripture tonight would change our hearts. God, when I hear these instructions from you, God, it, it illuminates my selfishness in prayer. It illuminates my lack of thanksgiving arrogance for what I think I deserve and not being thankful for the basic things of life which come from you and your merciful hand. God, let us understand what you're telling us through your scripture. We are to praise you and to honor you and to set our eyes on you when we come to prayer. And when we begin to ask you for things, Lord, let us be humble with it. And Lord, let us come daily before you. 
Lord, let it be a daily recognition of our dependency upon you. Lord, let it break all of our pride and arrogance and the feeling of being entitled to all things that we have. God, let us know that we are dependent on you, not only for salvation, but for all the things that we have in life. God, thank you for providing for us. Thank you for giving us in this day, Lord, food to eat. Thank you for giving us clothes to wear. God, thank you for, for letting us have a, a covered place to come and worship you. God, thank you. Lord, that's an act of mercy. That's a gift. We thank you. Lord, let our hearts and our attitudes be changed as we hear you teaching how to pray. Lord, let us pray for others that are less fortunate, God. Lord, above all, let us thank you for sending your Son, providing for us by sending the true bread of life. For those who feast upon him will never hunger here or in eternity. God, thank you. So I pray, Lord, if you grant us tomorrow, if you let us have the ability to wake up tomorrow, that all of us would wake up. Come humbly before your throne and say, give us this day our daily bread. And in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.